0: UX Podcast, episode
1: 62.
0: This is UX Podcast, balancing business, technology, and users every other Friday from Stockholm, Sweden. I'm James Roy Lawson. And I'm Pat Axpool. It says every other Friday, I just say and the intro there. But it's Sunday. It is Sunday today. Yeah. Because <laughs> we always, of course,
1: record the podcasts ahead of when we, we publish. Do. We do. But as you mentioned, James, to me earlier, it's the first time we're recording on a Sunday, which is pretty cool. It
0: is. We've recorded US podcasts on every other day of the week mm. so far, apart from Sundays. Yeah. So <laughs> big woohoo. <laughs> I, I I don't know exactly <laughs> what that says or it means it means that we're quite good at having our weekends. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And it means that we're really busy now in the week, so we really didn't have time. No. But it's quite, I actually quite like doing this on a Sunday. I'm not sure my family does, but um, I quite like it. It's the second advent uh, it is. as well.
1: And we have snow outside. It's we cold. It's I hate it, this weather. I think it's excellent. You love it. I love know? it. I'm going to go and build a <laughs> snowman later. <laughs> mm. <laughs> we're uh, back in the studio. We are. Yeah. In your studio,
0: BT and t and HQ. And uh, so... It's pretty cold in here. It is, I'm sorry. I I didn't... (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't working... It's the weekend, of course, and I I don't have the heating on during the weekend, so it's chilly in here compared to normal. Mm. But um, you'll cope. You've got a big fluffy jacket on. Yeah, I do, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Getting cozy up here on the sofa. um, um, Well, we got some good feedback on our short intro. People like oh our short did, intro, yeah. yeah. Well, Jens likes our short mm. intro. I think I've, I think some other people do as well, from what I've gathered. Yeah, I think so as well. Yeah, so we'll keep trying that and mm. um, yeah, keep using that. Although I think you're going to do it next time. I'll I'll try just some mm. variation. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but today we're going to have a link show. Yeah, we've had
1: some great interviews in the past few shows, and uh, uh, now we're going to just
0: I think be yeah. the two of us uh, for the show. Yeah. So I think it's episode 57 last time we had a, a link show. Oh, yeah. Um, and for those mm. of you who don't know, a link show, um, this is when we take three articles um, that we found during our digital travels and discuss them. Mm. And, um, well, um, today's three articles, shall, shall list all three of them straight off? I mean, we can maybe do that. Just say quickly what they are. Yeah, read them through. Yeah. Um, first up's going to be, um, is your web developer planting hidden customer experience landmines? Mm. And then, after that, we're going to get on to take UX to the next level by adding delight, and finally, we will be having unsucking the touch point right and I'm not going to give you any more information than that just now.
1: I think there is some sort of theme here though this is like mm. touch points and micro interactions delighters. we'll see <laughs> <laughs> okay, starting off uh. So this is an article on neuroscience marketing dot com, uh, and it's written by uh, let's see what's his name I forgot uh, Roger Dooley, and he's a guy who writes and speaks about marketing. And uh, as you pointed out to me, James, he's really not a UX guy. He's he's a marketer, and he
0: wrote this article. Uh, yeah, in a in a behavioral science. By, way, yeah, exactly. that kind of thing.
1: That's that's what he's uh, interested in. Yeah. And he wrote this article, and anyone who reads it, which I really recommend, uh, you realize that. This could be written by any UXer, but it isn't, which means that this is someone who comes from the psychological perspective and realizes the same types of problems that we do, which is
0: quite quite interesting. I thought it was interesting when mm. I in our preamble here mm. now before we recorded. Um, I was um, I I'd said that to you, but I do you realize he's not a UXer? Mm. Do you, oh, really? I because mean, if you do read it, yeah, it sounds like it's a UX yeah. article, but he doesn't mention UX once. He mentions CX, customer experience, mm. a few times, but I, I think that that's what really pulled me to this um, article was that you could it's full of wonderful insights into what people get hung up on out there what causes what causes problems yep. for customers or for users um, and not not brought out of um, a huge amount of experience from from ux and and um, usability and all these other things that you've gathered. This is somebody who works with marketing and has seen what mm. what causes him problems. Um, and it makes this list, this collection of things, even more interesting. Mm. It's it's user feedback, mm. basically, and and the title again is
1: uh, "Is your web developer planting hidden customer experience landmines?" Which, when I thought first read that uh, title, I thought, "Okay, the web developer that I, as a UXer, work mm-hmm. with," mm? yeah. but that's not his perspective. His no. perspective is the IT team,
0: which of course could include a UX person. Exactly, with web developer <laughs> in the title, yeah. he actually. Can mean UX, exactly. UX designer here yeah. or some other title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the holistic approach to stuff that are adding hurdles to mm. the way. CX bombs, web landmines, <laughs> hidden traps. These are the kind of phrases that mm. he, um, he throws out in the um, article. Your visitors have an increasingly short um, attention span, um, a low tolerance for frustration, and a plethora of alternatives. Mm. If they encounter something frustrating or confusing, they're a click or two away from your competition. Which is exactly right. We know this. Yeah.
1: yeah. And yeah. then he walks us through some examples of uh, where things tend to go wrong. And we, we realize that we've talked a lot about some of these on, on previous shows. Uh, for example, needlessly strong passwords. Yeah. Where you're required to enter a password including uh, capital, small letters, some sort of weird, I don't know, exclamation marks. What, what are they called? Special okay. characters. Yeah, special anything, characters, yeah.
0: Which really… And your, and your mum's dog's… Mm-hmm. Name mm. and you've got to type it all in whilst on one mm. leg and rubbing your tummy, yeah, anticlockwise, something like that, yeah. Mm. yeah.
1: And in the end, you never remember your password, which makes it unsafe in the end. Anyway. Well, and
0: also as he points out, it, which which reduces your mm-hmm. um, your incentive to log in again. Because you've created a, by, by making the password complicated, you've created a barrier. Right. Next time, because you'd have to probably request new password. Mm. Suddenly, you're an email away and a click and auth oh, re-authentication mm. away from logging in. Excellent uh, point. And or you write the password down mm. somewhere, or or you make it the same as all your other passwords. Mm-hmm. So you reduce the security. Yep. You create you create a barrier and you reduce the security. Mm-hmm. So he says, well, you know, get your get your IT people to make sure the site is secure. Concentrate on that side <laughs> of things and make sure you you store various bits and bobs encrypted and and, and whatever, rather than mm. put a lot of um, strain on your customers yep. to do this job for you, which doesn't really work.
1: Yep. Uh, one of the examples he has as well that I, I really love is this. The no-reply address. Oh, yeah. When you get uh, some new newsletters uh, in your email, Quite a few. there's a no-reply email address. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's even the name of the email address that says no-reply. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, it's a fantastic opportunity to market your company. And it's a huge fail, uh, experience-wise.
0: Uh, well, it's one of those things that just screams we hit our customers. <laughs> yeah. Because if you, you send something out to your mm-hmm. customer mm-hmm. that says, I don't want to talk to you, mm what kind of message are you sending <laughs> I know, I, I, that, that one I rant about a fair few yeah. times and it's it's, um, it's it's a it's one of those solutions that's put in place because an organza- organisation isn't mature enough or isn't um, r- ramped up enough yeah. to cope um, so it's forced in as a, as a way of stopping a flow stop you know you close the door yeah. um, not because it's a good thing but because you can't cope I know, and yeah, it's scary. Actually, It's scary, it's scary and sad.
1: You you start talking to me, and then you you close your ears and say that. Well, you can't talk back. No, that's
0: <laughs> no, really mm. weird. I mean, the session timeouts as well <laughs> that um, he mentions mm. um, that bugs me with my banking mm. um, and other, some of the other things that you um, you can just like go to toilet and come back, and you you've got to re-log in with your dongle and your code and your SMS mm. confirmation code and things mm. just because I walked out of the room for a minute. Mm. Um, the, I mean. It shouldn't be quite that hysterical mm. in a lot of cases. Yeah. Um, you've got to be a bit sensible. I mean, the um, oh, I, I think you you would hope that you would do testing and analysis there to see, okay, what is a what is a sensible timeout? Because mm. you're balancing here, you're balancing security, supposedly, and and user behavior. And if you find that a short timeout actually throws out eighty percent of your users during a normal yeah. session, you're going to create a lot of uh, you know irritation, and you're going to really bit. pee off a third of people, <laughs> just to stop maybe those yeah. kind of one in a million times when someone hacks or comes in the middle of mm-hmm. an attack and um, and takes over. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's very easy for an IT department or someone to decide, oh, we'll do it at thirty seconds or two minutes, without yep. thinking about the consequences.
1: And it, on that note, I actually have to mention, since we're talking about logouts uh, and being logged out automatically. Actually, according to the Web Content Accessibility Guidelines, Ooh. you're supposed to have something that allows you to uh, actually restart the session before being logged out. So you're supposed to have sort of a 20 second period to that with a message that says oh, okay. you're about to be logged out. Do yeah. you want to stay logged in? Mm. So that's something that you really need to implement if you're going to be uh, adhering to the accessibility yeah. guidelines as well.
0: Yeah, but from a mm. from a um, well, the user experience side of things, and that's. St- Really sensible. It, you're, it is. You're, you're giving information, relevant information, mm. uh, uh, the relevant point to allow people to make a, a good decision. There. Yep. No, that's 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 good, rather than just being straight thrown out. Mm. Oh, um, and
1: this uh, final example is actually disappearing form data. And <laughs> I saw my wife doing this this morning. <laughs> she was searching for the Veronica Mars uh, DVD box set uh, on a website, and she accidentally oh. wrote Veronica Marsh uh, in, in the search box. And she went up to correct it and she had to write everything from the beginning again. Oh, no. That, well, that could just as well have stayed uh, the way she wrote it before and she could just yeah. st- change the last letter. And I think that, I've seen that in a lot of user testing actually where people actually misspell something, hit enter and realize, oh, I spelled it wrong and they go up again to change it and it's all gone.
0: Yeah. You can't, <laughs> you can't go back. Yeah. yeah. No, I think, and I also, the whole thing with um, uh, missing the little checkbox saying terms and conditions and so on. Mm. Oh, yeah. That, um, that's, Bizarrely hidden Mm. on a lot of um, websites, Um, so much to the point that you kind of fill in everything. You you click the big, you you click the big green um, next button, you know, buy now button, or go to payment, and then it kind of throws you back to the form, and and says, (laughs) you know, you've got to accept the terms and conditions. Mm. What do you mean? Where's that? Mm. So then you start your hunt. Mm. And you work your way down the form, mm. and you look at everything. You say, oh, "I filled in all that, filled in, all that, all that." And then, right at the bottom, below the button you clicked mm. on to go to the payment, mm. you notice there was a little checkbox mm. that says, "You accept our terms and conditions." Just <laughs> oh, there. SAS, yeah. the, the the airline. Yeah, they're mm. one of the ones where I I I often, when I'm booking flights, mm. miss. Um, you think by now I'd have learned how mm. to do it, but I, I quite often miss their terms and condition checkbox. Yeah,
1: and uh, always when it's anything's below the submit button as well. Usually when you, you see these buttons where you keep me logged in, mm. that's a typical example. Oh, sign up to use newsletter. Yeah. And that checkbox, keep me logged in, mm. is below the submit button. Mm. In 80% of the cases I've seen it. And so what happens is you're, if you're navigating via keyboard, you're tabbing, mm. and if you want to do check that box, you have to tab, and then you have to go backwards in the flow oh.
0: to actually submit. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fascinating that you've got mm. that... that the clear call to action is mm. the submit form, mm. but it overrides these checkboxes in a lot of cases because yeah. they're right at the bottom or even below mm. that button. So you get you drawn to the I finish now, go forward. Yeah. Um, that's, I think that's, that's my feeling there mm. without talking and checking with all these form experts. Mm. That just checkboxes are a bit difficult at times because I think it's easy to skim over them. Yeah, absolutely. Compared yeah, to, delivery, compared to yeah. a field where you actually fill something, especially mm. when that kind of mm. name, address, mm. details, when you've telephone numbers, you've, you've filled in like yeah. seven or eight fields. And then suddenly at the bottom, you've got mm. a checkbox. Mm. It's, it's kind of easy and actually, to actually, skip. The,
1: the default uh, version of the checkbox is actually quite tiny in most browsers. Mm. Uh, so that's actually something I would recommend people to style to make it more mm. stand out more.
0: Yeah, mm. absolutely.
1: So, what conclusions do we draw from Roger's article here? Um, well, well, he draws his
0: own conclusion. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, test. Mm, test. Test, test, test. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, uh, he's, he's he's absolutely right. Um, if you test and do some analysis and look at the data you've got and see what's happening, then, yeah, you can fix all these things mm. um, and even prevent them from happening in the first place. Yeah. Um, but,
1: but apart from testing, I think you can anticipate a lot of these if you are a UX designer, then you can anticipate a lot of this. But what I see is when people draw wireframes, they for- always forget in the, in the beginning to draw the error messages, to, to draw these different interactive behaviors into their designs. Oh. They do it too late, think, which means that yeah. they're implemented, implemented too late. So mm. I would recommend a lot of people to start drawing their error messages earlier on into their designs and these interactive behaviors, and add their, these little speech bubbles that I do into, into my designs, telling them, okay, this is what happens when they check this box, this is what's supposed to happen when they click submit. So there's, there's so, much, so much interaction that you can't draw into wireframes that has to be communicated to the developers. Mm-hmm. Or as I do now, we actually have stand-ups design... Um, uh, meetings where we actually go through the designs with the developers and talk talk about the different aspects of it.
0: That's all well and good when you're in the little bigger bigger projects. True, um, but when you kind of scale down to some smaller mm. ones, which are, mm. you know, some of this stuff is completely applicable to mm. whichever website you're working with at all, yeah. Then um, then you're not going to be having stand ups, and you're not having a web team. You're not going to be doing. You're not even going to be doing wireframes. But you're, you're um, absolutely going to have a handover. You're going to be a, mm. a, you're going to be someone who's ordering and someone who's delivering, mm. and it could well be marketing mm. guy developer. Because when it boils down oh, to yeah. the smaller websites, oh, yeah. that's, mm. that's the two people that exist. <laughs> True. Um, and, and there, I, you know, I'd say, can't we just jump straight to the prototyping? Mm. And maybe encourage them to, to knock something up quickly, efficiently, um, and skip the wireframes, so you've got something you can mm. play with, and then you're back to the testing a bit. But, back to testing, but you could test mm. you. You, as the marketer or the mm. order of this, mm. could actually do some testing, which allows mm. you to tick off these things if you've, you're yeah. wised up enough to realise it, um, and or if you you want, um, you haven't got the budget to bring mm. in a um, a UXer or or someone in the middle to to help negotiate that ordering and mm. delivery.
1: Oh, true. Uh, but in the end, it it also comes down to when you're testing. To test for behaviors that you wouldn't expect. Because there's so much you find when you test with other people who do things that you didn't anticipate. So it's all about finding the different things that people do that you're not
0: aware of. (laughs) And they'll do everything. Yeah, exactly. Mm.
1: (laughs) And in the end, he also recommends actually Steve Krug's book, Don't Make Me Think, which is one of those books that you always recommend to...
0: And isn't the third edition out now? It's the third edition out now. I think so. Or 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 the third book. No, I think it's a. I oh. think he's. I think he's redone. He's redone some chapters or something. Ah, okay. I read. I didn't look into it too much, but I, I think <laughs> there's a new edition um, out now in December. But I, I we'll check that. And uh, yeah, we'll add a link to it if um, if it's true. <laughs> wow, I think we
1: have to move on. Actually, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so our next article is: Take UX to the next level by adding delight. And I think this is something that we we tend to talk about a lot at conferences.
0: It's um it's by mm. Martin um, Gittins.
1: Yes, um, on Web Designer Depot.
0: Yeah, and I haven't researched uh, Mart- Cos- Cosmograd on um, Twitter. Ah,
1: okay, yeah, and Martin is an interactive designer based in North Yorkshire.
0: Ah, uh, see, very mm. close to my um, my neck of the woods back ah, in England. Cool. Yeah, now I, I I picked up on this one and uh, saw the title and I thought. Excellent. Uh, This sounds good. Um, Mm -hmm. Thinking about... Because I've I've mentioned Delight a fair few times in some of the presentations I've been doing this 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 autumn. Yeah, that was sort of my
1: point. People tend to mention Delight because Mm. that's something that differentiates our line of work from other people's line of work is that this is something that we can talk about that's emotional that's a bit more fluffy, as we tend to say, mm-hmm. uh, which which is a part of UX. And people sort of understand, okay, yeah, if it's, if it's more fun or more delightful, mm-hmm. may, maybe I'll like it more. And you talk about Apple and so forth. Yeah,
0: but also mm-hmm. I've, I brought it up um, a few times when I've, I've brought up Delight. <laughs> it's been um, in connection with conversations about share buttons. Mm-hmm you know, and the position and where the share button should be on pages or where it should be and and I explain about well ideally you want you want people to you want to capture people's desire to share a page at the point when they feel really good about the article. Which right. is not not above the you know, above mm. the copy below the title or at the very top. Mm. They haven't even read it then. Mm-hmm. Um you know you'd put it right at the bottom or you know so on. Um if you're gonna have it at all. Mm. Um or if you're buying something, you'd encourage them to share it. After they've bought something, because that's when they've got that buzz, right. they've, they've, got, they've got a feeling inside, oh god, I've actually bought this now, mm. now I'm my friends. So you're actually creating a flow. Yeah. Which is basically what you're trying to do always in, in UX. Mm. So I no, t- <laughs> saw the title and um, thought, excellent, I'm going to read this, mm. and started reading it, and it starts off really well, and I'm really quite enjoying it, explaining about Delight and UX. Um, and then it starts going off the rails.
1: It does. It's it's funny. (coughs) Wow, my voice is failing me.
0: (laughs) Do you want to pause a second and get some water? Keep talking, James. No, do you want to pause and get (laughs) some water? You okay now? I'm okay now, I think. (laughs) No, so, um, yeah, so it, but then it it kind of fails because it starts getting into the examples. Yes. And when you read the examples, it dawns on you that, no. He's not got the. he's got mm. this wrong. This isn't delight anymore. It's like he's writing
1: the theory down correctly. Mm. Yeah, and then he's giving examples that have nothing to do with the theory.
0: Well, they're not. I think it's one of these common misconceptions. What the examples he give, by and large, are what I would call designer delight. It's 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 delight that's made for experts yeah. for for UXers for mm. for people who will be looking at this and thinking, oh, yeah. that's nice, yeah. um, rather than really use, really proper delight for the people using the service. Mm. And they're also very
1: specific uh, regarding specific sites. So the first one is actually from uh, the NISO photography app online, which I've, I've scrolled down that site before. When you scroll down the site, it actually builds together uh, the iPhone with the app.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Which is awesome when you look at it, but I don't know what goal they're achieving with it, actually. It's gimmicky. Um, It's very gimmicky. mm so that, that's actually most of these examples are gimmicky but mm. also the next example is parallax scrolling mm. which I
0: don't like I, sometimes it makes me feel ill yeah um, and, I, and I hate it on like tablets and, and other devices where it just slows things down to a halt because right. it's really GPU
1: intensive and it, it goes along with what you're saying about designer light is that parallax scrolling is more if you're experienced as an experienced browser uh, surfer whatever then that's kind of fun it's something new to look at but if you're a novice user, that's sort of you go, "What the hell is going on here? Mm. I have no idea. Where do I click? What's happening? <laughs> it doesn't behave like you're expecting it to
0: behave." No, I think uh, going back to what he's uh, um, going back to the whole thing about delight um, and the difference between designer delight and real people. I mean, it, um, Giles um, Colbon, um did a talk at um, UX LX oh, yeah. this year mm-hmm. um, about designing for delight Um, and Giles has been has been talking about or presenting about this for three or four years I think now and I think he's got quite a good he's got a good way of presenting this and talking about it Um, he's quite an animated presenter as well Um, but one of the one of the aspects of uh, the basically what he says there is that you've um, it's but behavioral delight is one of the things that we're talking about and I think this is here what he's trying to get the point across really, but he's mm. missing it. He's doing designer delight instead of yeah. behavioral delight. And that's where you'd have anxiety. So there'd be a, there's an issue, there's a problem, there's something you're trying to solve. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have a resolution. You've solved, you've <coughs> sought the problem out. You fix it. Yeah. It's at that point you're delighted. It's at that point you're actually going to remember the story. Mm. You're going to share the story and go onwards. Right. So, so it wait, be anything. Yeah. Mm. Think about your trip to America. Hmm. Um, you know the, the the problems you had, but you, <laughs> mm. your delight comes at the point where the problem was fixed. I mean, yes. you were you, during your trip to, to backtrack and talking again mm. about this. Par had a load of problems getting home mm. um, from his trip to America. Two in days, to get, two get days home. to get home, yeah, mm. um, and that's a really annoying, irritating, mm. and anxious mm. period. But at the point when you actually got a solution in place, mm. you were probably as happy as Larry. You were really over the moon, yes, and happy to share that story. To oh, this airline has done a fantastic job. Mm. Because they'd solved a problem. So, no matter how crappy and upset you were in the beginning, mm. at that point when they offered a solution, you were a really happy customer.
1: Well, in my case, not so much because oh, they, okay. they failed to offer this. Well, they offered the solution three times because they failed two times. So Just Try to paint this <coughs> into a useful example. You, <laughs> no, OK. You're right. But, but you get the point. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. From a from UX perspective, it is, you're always talking about the UX journey. And you're looking at what points in the journey are you the most happy or the most sad. Mm. And you're trying to enhance each step in the process always. Mm. And you can do that in so many ways. Uh, What's happening in this article is that he's trying to take general design fantasies almost Mm. that are quite fun Mm. to look at. But they don't solve a specific user's problems really. No. Uh, they're just something to remember by how different they were from anything else. I think it's, not it's by how well they would solved your problem in the end. Exactly.
0: It's it's branding and personality. It and is almost all of these examples mm. are adding a personality mm. layer to a web service mm. or something uh, along those lines. Which is fair enough. Which I, is like say so it's, yeah. it's not mm. to be ignored, mm. um, but it's not delight. Mm. It's not one of the types of delight mm. unless you unless we talk about say designer delight. Mm. Um, but um, now I was, oh, frustrated by this. Article. It <laughs> yes. got it got it got a little bee in my bonnet because mm. I, I, I and that's thanks to Giles because I think mm. I wouldn't if I hadn't had the reminders about the different types of delight and what delight probably means mm. um, from Giles in 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 May back mm. at UXLX mm. then I probably wouldn't have picked up on this article in that way mm. in quite the same way yeah um, I think um, we, well on Twitter we got when I talked about this article um, someone pointed out to me that the W on Web Designer Depot when you do a mouse over yeah. the the W logo it spins yeah. Um, which you don't see on the the on tablets and mo- and mobile exactly um, until you click yeah then it spins mm. but it basically delays your click mm-hmm. so yeah. oh it's a good point <laughs> I'm not really sure and
1: I have a hard time with this sentence as well I'm surprised there aren't more websites with
0: horizontal scrolling effects that's worrying
1: yeah I mean why would you want a
0: horizontal scrolling effect on on the web <laughs> but. Okay, well, uh, some, yeah, uh, of course there are some sites we've yes. that are aimed for. Well, they've got have got mm. use cases with giant screens, and that mm. that you know that people mm. are going to make use of that. And real the example estate. that it
1: gives, which is a timeline, of course, that that's an excellent example. Yeah, uh, but again, it's not adding a horizontal scrolling effect just for the sake of it. Doesn't it's, reduce your desire. Yeah, it doesn't but, really um, make sense. Um,
0: no, delight. Sorry, does desire? But, I want to desire. But but,
1: <laughs> but when he's talking about the theory again, when he goes back to the text, he says. Uh, light is not a gimmick, you're yeah. deciding for emotion, and he's yeah. absolutely spot, spot on. on. Yeah, he's, exactly. don't overdo it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's this. Um, right. there's some so, great bits there. So, with, with other examples, I would have like loved this article. Yeah, no, the
0: end, I like it, <laughs> yeah. and the start, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Martin, but mm-hmm. the uh, the middle bit, not quite there. Um, mm-hmm. redo the middle bit, repost it, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about it again. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, we're tough. <laughs> well, <laughs> should we move on? We do that. Ah. Right. So, this article is uh, from Adaptive Path from Chris Riston. And uh, most people who work with UX uh, actually know about the Adaptive Path uh,
0: company in history. And mm. we've all looked up to. Uh, their work. Well, they've yeah. been around for an awful long time. Yeah. And they've been publishing great stuff online mm-hmm. for an awful long time too. It's one of those sites that I along with um uh, Jerry McGovern and um and Alert and Alert Box. Yeah. Um well Norman's Alert Box, mm. um, The um those three sites, I remember them from a long, long, long time yeah. ago. They're sort of setting the scene for how we work, <laughs>
1: basically, which well that's uh of course, it's something tough to live up to for them. <laughs> but they usually do, which is quite yeah. impressive. And uh, I, I believe this article is uh, spot on as well. So it's called Unsucking the Touchpoint. And uh, it's Chris Durston going through uh, a talk he did and writing uh, an article about it, about touchpoints. And touchpoints, usually when we talk about touchpoints in UX, uh, we, we tend to go back to examples like so... The call center is one touch point. The website is one touch point. Uh, the physical store maybe is one touch point. But actually, those are more channels, mm. basically, and that's the point yeah. Chris is making here. They're channels, and not necessarily touch points. And so, Chris is so for the word touch point to actually be useful in our work, uh, Chris uh, actually makes the point that a, a touch point has to be a point of interaction. Involving a specific human need, but also in a specific time and place, mm. which I kind of like. So it That's places two the two dimensions. He has so it to places it, yeah. places the touch point within a context, mm. so that you can actually look at a customer journey and look at okay, so in this specific moment in time, where this person is, what 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 problem are we solving mm. business wise and person wise or customer wise? Yeah. And uh, I get, uh, the, the example I thought of when I was reading this article is uh, going to look at opening hours for maybe a health clinic right? because I'm <laughs> working so much with health right now. Yeah. But <clears throat> depending on when you when you look at the website, the hours are going to be something that are, is open right now or not. So within the context mm-hmm. of looking at that website, either the it's open right now or not. So yeah. you could add something like open right now or opening in one hour but you could also within the context of it not being open add numbers to other health related sites who are open who are open Mm -hmm. exactly that's context and that's context for you Mm -hmm. so the touch point is that you need opening hours that's sort of the use case but also the touch point that you're offering is within the context of the website then is opening hours webpage. that's the touch point
0: Mm. Yeah, it's it's um you, you've the touch point. Yeah, what you need to do so there's, there's a task involved at a certain point yeah. in the journey. Yeah, I think the um I like the from, he has from a, from a car, a car a rental example, car sharing service yeah yeah car sharing service.
1: Mm. Mm. So his touch points examples are sign up, reserve a car, begin
0: rental, and get help support. Four p- possible yeah touch points. Um, I think he, uh, I really like the way that um, um he he presents or breaks down this into um, a, a structure a hierarchy yep. um, and saying that we have the the journey um, which well, which unfolds over time and has has a number of different touch points in that journey um, and then a touch point he also calls um, a macro. Interaction, right? I oh, am, yeah, and I I, think like I like that too because mm-hmm. it fits in what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. That it's uh, when you said about call center, yep. when when call center is used as a as a, ch- as a touch point, it actually means a channel. But actually, it's it's kind of more a macro interaction that it's a it's a big so it's a big touch point, mm-hmm. and that there's there's more detail and there's more yeah. levels to what happens, more interactions and touch points within that event. Um, that's what he goes on to. So he breaks down touch points into interactions. Mm-hmm. Um, what actually occurs to support the touchpoint. And then finally, within interactions, you've got micro-interactions. Right. Um, And I I really like that. um, um, I really like that graphical way of presenting Mm -hmm. it, breaking it down into four chunks. Yeah, I do as well. And and,
1: and the point about the touchpoint also, when you're contrasting it to channels, is that the touchpoint can involve more than one channel. Yeah. So maybe you're calling uh, a restaurant to see if it's open, and it's not. And you can either listen to the opening hours, or you're, what you really want to do is book a table. Mm. And uh, it says that you, you can book a table online on mm. our website, blah, 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 dot com. Mm. And then part of the touch point then is the phone and the website. Mm. And where people usually fail here is that they, they give the address to your website. And then you have to go start looking for, okay, so how do I book? Instead of giving a link on the phone, blah, 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 dot com slash book, mm. forward slash book, which would bring you to a website where you actually start the booking process. Because that's one another point he's making here, that between the touch points within the customer mm. journey, it has to be seamless. Yeah. But what you're doing there, if you're just giving it your address to the front page of your website, yeah. you're, you're, a to a higher level you're starting again. over again. Yeah. yeah. And you start looking for it because you already know that they want to book a table.
0: Yeah. So you're making them anxious and yeah. irritated, and you know, reducing their delight. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> potential for delight,
1: which I think actually go, goes along well with the two articles we discussed earlier with yeah. the micro interactions. What's what problems are we creating for what developers creating for for our users and so on? Yeah, the hurdles mm. and the hurdles and barriers mm. we're putting
0: in their way. Yep, um, go back to the first one there, um, because at the end, yeah, because when you've gone through the when you've come to your at the end of a touch point, then mm. you should be delighted. Exactly.
1: <laughs> and, you, yeah, as, as few hurdles on the way uh, as possible. And he also has four uh, qualities of, of each, the, each of these moments or touch points uh, that ties in well with what we talked about earlier as well. Is uh, appropriate within the context and culture. Right. Which I think is a... W- something we talked about a lot. This, yeah. is, this is the
0: moment when you're interacting. <coughs> the moment when you're interacting, Between, exactly. yeah, user and, or, mm. and organization. Mm.
1: So you're actually appropriate when you're answering the phone mm. on your mm. voice. That restaurant is you're using words <laughs> that, are, that fit with what you expect. Yeah, in that, yeah,
0: in that cultural perspective. Yeah, and you're yeah.
1: offering the, the possibility to book online. Mm. It has to be relevant so meeting the needs it has to be functional
0: oh, so that, that ties in what you said about the not throwing them up to the wrong level like exactly if you're booking lead them to booking mm. rather than lead them to the start of your website because right. yeah, it's meeting the mm. needs it's not meeting the needs as well right
1: yeah and it has to be meaningful so you don't throw in a lot of right. other content there like you sign
0: up for our newsletter before you've actually managed to book right something yeah. like that mm.
1: <laughs> perfect and now I like this he, he talks about endearing endearing which ties in well what Martin was talking about with delight, but the words he's using here to explain endearing is subtle, playful, creating delight.
0: So here comes the personality side of things, the branding yes. comes in again, mm. and yeah, that is an
1: aspect mm. of. This a valid aspect. Mm. Um, yeah, and I like what he's saying about subtle. I like mm. that word because it's mm. it's something that you find and it's you sort of like that you found it, mm. uh, but it's not obvious from the get go. Yeah. So it's not something that's thrown in your face. It's something that you just experience and mm. remember it because it was sort of cool. Mm.
0: I think we um mm. we talked before about um microcopy. Yeah. Well, microinteractions but microcopy in particular we've yeah, talked about yeah, that you I can like that. Yeah. You can have some some real subtle fun um with with very small details, mm. which does tie into what uh, <coughs> Martin was saying, but it's not oh, I'm going on a little bit about it now, <laughs> but it's not really desire. It's it's something else. Mm. Um, but it's so hard to explain. Oh. It is. Yeah. Are we proving that? <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. But um, only good touching. Oh, that's a really good head. Right at the end of the article, it's only good touching. Um, that's not a heading. You want to take out of context. <laughs>
1: okay. So to explain that, <laughs> Sorry. well, well, what Chris likes is that the word touch is in the word touchpoint. Yeah, because it brings the human human aspect yes, to it. Of course.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, which is, which is crucial to remember. Yeah. That we are dealing with. Mm. And with most people can understand yeah.
1: the word touchpoint. And, and that whole, whole article is about.
0: Even though it's a bit buzzword like. Uh, exactly. And yeah.
1: that's his point. He's making, the whole article is about the word touchpoint and how you can make the word useful. Rather than so leave so it as I'd, a marketing... I'd like, I'd like for more people to actually use the word touchpoint, but within the right context, always again. Yeah. And I remember and this is one of the du- buzzwords people tend to hate. Mm-hmm. Because we're not always in agreement with what we mean, but also I, I mean I've talk, been out talking about conversion, and people hate it. They like, wince when I say the word conversion. It's like, oh, you always talk about conversion. What does it mean? Yeah. It's, it's it's just a buzzword, yeah. and people think it's gonna go away, <laughs> but that's not never gonna go away because like the basics of anything you do is conversion.
0: Help. He's helping people meet goals, right? So what we all maybe do.
1: sometimes we need to find other ways of of uh, explaining that. But
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, we could do a whole show about that, maybe. Mm. We probably could. Yeah. <laughs> and um, like here, it says um, um, as, as a way of explaining um, touch points or um, the goals. At this point in time, how do we meet the need of this person? Mm. That's that's the kind of the question. Whether it's conversion or in touch is, points or yes. whatever, mm. that's really what we're doing mm. um, in in across the board, mm. um, web or app or anything. Mm. We're we're answering questions. We're answering needs. Right, and try not to stand in the way of it, right. or distract them, exactly, or irritate and ha- them.
1: And in that in that sense, also, how do we meet the need of this person? How do we get them to the next step mm. without having them have to need to backtrack something? Mm. Just have them moving forward all the time,
0: yeah. And okay. keeping in mind the holistic aspect of this. Mm. That well, you know, just that bit and point on the website now is part of a bigger picture, mm. um, and you are a person who can. Mm. It two clicks away from a competitor, like we right. said in the first article today. Mm. If something goes wrong, then you mm. can give up and go to another one. Um, mm. Or you can pick up the phone and ring support mm. instead of using the web form. Right. Um, and I think a big takeaway also is that
1: you don't offer 100 l- different links. You don't make it the users, uh, the comp- you don't add the complexity on the user side. You need to make, offer as few possibilities as possible. You can o- only do that by being someone who helps the user get to the next step. Mm. And then you offer maybe two or three maximum options on your site. Mm. And how many people do that? <laughs> not even me. <laughs> <laughs> no, as yeah, uh, we
0: not even as on UX Podcast <laughs> yeah. with our four or five different yeah. ways you can listen to us exactly. all screaming to you in the right-hand column. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's uh, it's not easy. Mm. We're no. not we're not saying it's mm. easy. And that wraps up the three articles, I think. I think so. Yeah. We've. Um, I think you did manage to get a thread through that, in the end. A right, thread. I hope a so. A theme. A theme. Yeah. Um, through it. Mm. I, did t- I realized when we were talking through the last mm. article, as I started referring back to the other two, yeah, exactly, it started to click in place the, yeah. the connections. Because mm-hmm. I, I wasn't as convinced about you <laughs> as you were about the, th- the, the yeah. common theme, but now I see it. Mm. I like it. Good. Thank you, Beth. <laughs> You're welcome, James. You're welcome. <laughs> oh well, um we're we're rapidly heading up towards Christmas. Oh, yeah. Um and we've we're not gonna stop recording for you. Of course of not. Of course not. We'll battle through. Yeah, every uh, other Friday from yeah. Stockholm, Sweden. Yeah. It's us. So it's just an intro. <laughs> and um well, we haven't quite decided on the next show yet. We, no, we haven't yeah. think it could well be a podcast podcast. Mm. We'll see. A meta podcast. Mm. That'll be fun for us. Mm. Um but um I'm going to try a new outro now as well, just to warn everyone. Go for it. And I'm not completely sure we've got this one right, but I'll, I'll try. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't forget to visit uxpodcast.com, because then you'll find the links and the resources that we've mentioned in this episode, and also sometimes a transcript. Um, that takes a little bit of time to get up. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've enjoyed the show, then please spread the word, tell your colleagues and friends to listen to us as well. And you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, SoundCloud. Sound, SoundCloud. Yeah, SoundCloud. I, I say right. Yes. It's felt wrong. <laughs> Stitcher, Facebook, Google+, and Twitter. as you at UX, UX mm. Podcast and all of those things. We keep failing at this. There's yeah. too many
1: options. How do you do... Somebody give us advice on how to do that in a good way. How do you actually allow people the options of subscribing, but only do it with one call to action? That's impossible.
0: It is impossible. It's <laughs> impossible. We're available everywhere. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Remember to keep moving and see you on the other side. You've been listening to UX Podcast with James Royal Lawson and Pear Axeboom. Visit uxpodcast.com for more episodes and to subscribe to the show. UX Podcast, moving the conversation beyond UX.